Hey, everybody. My name is Sean Pitcher. I am the host of the Roots Podcast. Today, we have uh, Brandon Sardine on. He works for the Future Fit app. He is a performance coach. Um, Brandon and I have known ourselves the last few years. We previously worked at IMG Academy together. I'm really excited to have him on. Um, he's kind of coming from a little bit of a different path over the last year or so, um, transitioning out of the strength and conditioning realm, you know, especially with athletes and now transitioning over to more of the online coaching. Um, so really excited to talk to him about that just because I see a lot of coaches starting to take that route now as an alternative option. Um, so Brand, great to have you on today. Yeah. What's up, Sean? Glad to have, uh, glad to be here. Excited to go ahead and just chop it up a little bit. Um, yeah, always, always a good time talking to you, man. So let's go ahead and start like we always do. And can you give me the roots behind Brandon Sardine? Who are you? Yes. Deep question. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, my, my background, uh, strength conditioning. So grew up playing sports. Of course, I was never a high level athlete, but I guess I was just always someone that was competitive with myself when it came to athletics, when it came to sports. Um, I wrestled, ran cross country, did different sports just growing up. Um, but then I do remember I, I got to I got to college and I knew uh, like, you know, strength condition was always part of my life in some way, whether I knew what I was doing or whether I was looking up T Nation articles on, you know, on the website and just doing whatever I can in goals gym. But going into college, like I know I want to study exercise science and thought I was going to be a physical therapist, whatever, until I distinctly remember like going and taking a strength condition class my junior year. And getting to see the coaches at Kennesaw State come on in, present to the class and like almost like open my eyes to the world of what strength conditioning could be. And then also just made myself think of, wow, like, OK, everything that I may not have had as an athlete, things that I wish I would have had the coaching, the guidance, you know, and I love my high school coaches. But, you know, someone to actually really reach me and, and build that confidence. I was like, wow, that's my avenue to go ahead and do that for other athletes now. And I went in shadowing. I went in doing doing the whole strength condition thing, you know, shadowing interns, everything, mm -hmm. and just falling in love with it. To where, you know, by my junior year, I just completely flipped it. I was like, I'm gonna be part of this field. Um, and just to to spare, you know, the the longer journey, you know, interned, went to William Penn University, uh, interned in GA there, went overseas to China, uh, worked with the Chinese Olympic Committee for about a year and a half, came back at Barton College uh, for a year. Then I went to IMG Academy where I met this amazing guy over here. <laughs> um, and then after Barton, I went to D1 training, which is a private training facility. Um, and, and after that, I ended up at Future Fit app, uh, happy. And yeah, just charged up and ready to go, man. But um, I think ultimately when it comes to my path, the number one thing is, you know, how can we just build athletes and people up? You know, how can we give them that confidence and how can we use, fitness and strength conditioning just to enable them in their lives so i think that's definitely the the guiding purpose behind it um kind of how i got to the path that i was on and there's there's so much value in sports there's so much value in a lot of the things that people do within our profession because at the end of the day it's and i've said this a couple of times on a podcast it's things that, that these individuals these these guys and girls are going to have to do their entire life right if you're not an athlete anymore you still got to eat if you're not an athlete anymore you're still going to have to train and exercise right you're going to build a lot of these different characteristics that are then going to help you in your everyday life to be just, you know, like we've said, I think in, in, uh, in the training condition office, just be a good person, right? Yeah. Just, just be good people, like treat people really well. Like coach Dillman, I know would say that all the time. 
Yeah. Um, and even though that just sounds really simple and easy to do, like a lot of times it can be challenging because of, you know, the different environments that a lot of these athletes or individuals you work with come from. And it takes some some molding and shaping for that to happen. And it doesn't always happen in a couple months. <laughs> some some individuals, it could take years for that that switch. I call it to flip um, to make the decision to just being a better overall person yeah but i feel like that's that's awesome part about our role especially you know i'm not necessarily in the uh collegiate or high school realm anymore um but when you are there it's just seeing how the maturity evolves and then a lot of times you're also just following your athletes i mean yet in that room you have to realize you're dealing with people that are you know they're 17 18 coming to college and they're leaving at 22 23 like that's I always tell people, it's like, I always have athletes and they're just like, oh, hey, coach, you're only like four years old. I mean, like, we could be buddies. I'm like, hey. No. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah. got to be that division yeah. line. <laughs> yeah, but, I, but I always tell them, I was like, okay, cool, you're 18 right now. Okay, are your priorities and your mindset the same as 14-year-old you? And they're like, oh, no, not at all. I was like, okay, cool. Well, you're 18 and I'm 22, 23, 24. Like, there, there's a little bit of a difference in that. But what I'm getting, what I'm trying to get to is you get to see that maturity gain and you get to see that maturity grow over their time, even when you're not there and you're following them, you're communicating with them, social media, you know, the number one way people stay in communication now, it's like you get to see them live their lives and them kind of mature into that good human, you know? Mm -hmm. And and I'll say this, it's, it's probably one of the most challenging age groups to work with too. You know, those athletes that are 16, all the way up to like 22, there's just a lot of, a lot of different things. And a lot of, you gotta be very, flexible and you have to be able to come up with a lot of different methods and ways to be able to disseminate the information to them you know especially like you said right like everything's on social media so a lot of times now right a lot of stuff i'm trying to push on social media because that's where their eyes are going to be a majority of the day and that's where they're going to see a lot of their information right and i can't have a and i'm sure you're the same way can't have a a one-trick pony approach (laughs) you gotta you gotta have different ways that you can be able to give them the information that they can understand it whether it's written whether it's a video whether it's you go on a whiteboard and write something down in front of them. Um, you know, you, you can't just be this cookie cutter person because that just doesn't work. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I agree. Could you, could we go into, I know you've been to a lot of different levels essentially, and that's kind of how we're starting off with this is, you know, you've been in a private college pro international right now you're onto, you know, the online kind of space. Can you just, you know, give us a, an idea of, of what the differences are or even the similarities between a lot of those different paths and areas that essentially a strength coach could go into. Yeah. So, and I think about this often um, because sometimes I'll have even certain, you know, clients that I have now just asking like, Oh, Hey, do you miss athletics? Or like, what's the difference? And like, at the end of the day, I feel like when you are a coach with any team, with any group, you're trying to almost set a, you're trying to set a vision of where that team is going, where you're leading that individual and then get them to buy into that vision. Um, and I feel like that never changes regardless of what level you're at, what team, what group, what age, what whatever. Really what it just comes down to is can I get you, can I clarify what you're trying to do? Can I clarify the objective? And then can I lay out that path and not just lay it out as in X, Y, Z, this is what you do, but can I just guide you along with that and make those changes? And you know, like we're talking about communication, like finding different ways to communicate the goal, finding different ways to get you there and guide you along that path together. Um, because sometimes I feel like the only difference between an athlete and say someone that is, you know, just trying to not as in just trying to lose weight is not, not a valid goal, but just trying to like, it's a simple goal compared to other athletic endeavors. Mm. Um, 
the big difference is just, you know, what the actual goal is for them. It's cool. I maybe just want to lose weight right now so that that might be the, the primary goal, but that's because I want to play with my kids in the future, be able to go to this event. My son just started playing basketball. I want to be able to go out there and shoot hoops with him. Like you have to build up that mindset towards there where when you're in other, you know, other environments, a lot of times, you know, you know, the primary reason why the, why the kid is there. Mm-hmm. I got a scholarship to play ball because I love playing ball. And this is what makes me feel like me. And this is a core part of my identity. So in certain ways in athletics, it, it, I don't want to say it's easier because there's always layers underneath it, but that's job as coaches to kind of dig it up. But, um, but you almost have like with, with athletes, right. You have that surrounding of people that are constantly pushing you in that direction and, and supporting you to do it, whether you want to do it or not, there's going to be your teammates. There's going to be your coaches. There's going to be the support staff there, right. Either way, at some point in time, someone's going to be there to support you depending on what your motivation level is going to be. Right. You have the athletes that you don't got to tell them very much. They'll do everything you tell them to do. You got a lot of athletes that need a ton of support consistently so they can see where that overall path is going to lead to get them where you want them to be. Vice versa, obviously, if you're talking about general population or someone who just, again, wants to lose weight, just wants to get in shape, just wants to feel generally better, Mm -hmm. right? The support system might not always be there, right? Maybe their main support system is their family, but not everyone always has a consistent family that's trying to do the same things that they are, Yeah, right? You could have that that mom that's trying to lose weight, but let's say everyone else in their family is eating really terrible. So it's like, you don't have the support towards the goal that she wants to do. Everyone else is still doing that stuff in her environment, which is then making it that much tougher for her to get to her goals, which then we see a lot, right? Then that person really can't take the jump or the leap that they want to because they don't have the people around them. And they're, and they all, like I say, a lot of times it comes down to the environment, it comes down to the behaviors and it comes down to, schedule, routine, support, like a lot of those things become a huge important factor towards if you're going to get from A to B, let alone from A to Z at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree, man. And it's, it's I guess what I'm getting to is once you set the vision, you have to dig into the layers underneath and what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you say you want to do this. Why do you want to do this? Like, I mean, sometimes it's it, it's become almost cliche in our uh, profession, just because it's like, oh, start with why, you know, what is the why underneath this? But it really is crucial. You know, like if you can, if you can truly define what is your motivating factor, why you actually want to do this, what you're going to get out of this and not just look at the overall objective, then it's going to carry you through those hard times. It's going to carry you through the moments of inconsistency. You know, it's going to carry you through that ambivalence. Um, So when it comes to even looking at everywhere that I've worked and the different populations i've worked with it really just comes down to well can we set the vision and we can can we figure out why you actually want to do this and in that way it doesn't change then yeah the training is developed off of that but at that if you don't have that core then it's hard for anybody to stay consistent with these endeavors it's hard but but then you have the connection with the person too because you know their why right so then when they're having they're having a bad day or a down day or they're like i don't want to do this anymore or they're going to start turning back to the old habits and behaviors they used to do right you've got a couple tidbits from them on why they want to do it right and we're not trying to be mean or demoralize or like give the person a hard time but some people need that realization and be like this is what you told me you wanted to do like three months ago right yeah. i know you're having a really tough day right now but if you truly want to get to this regardless whether you want to do it or not like this is these are the the baseline elemental things that you have to do to get to this point 
So let's just get over this day. Hopefully, like, let's say, for example, this training session will make you feel better. You mm -hmm. can, you can have a better day and then just being as positive with them as you can. And then hopefully, you know, it becomes, you know, we worked with a lot with mental conditioning coaches, right? I work with the sports psychologist still here at the, at the company that I work with right now. And it's just putting a lot of positive self-talk, not only how they're saying and thinking things in their head, but putting positive information out in front of them as well. Right. Because a lot of times people get caught up in just negative talk, negative talk over and over and over. And then that becomes their response to everything that becomes their response, you know, verbally out to people. So if you can get that mindset shifted and the verbiage changed in here and then when they say stuff outwards, then you can start getting them in a better direction instead of just, ah, oh, just, you know, I, especially certain words. Right. I can't. Yeah. I don't want to today. You know, it's like you can. You will today. It's going to help you make you make you feel better. And that can just really help shift the paradigm of, of how that person feels when they're feeling a little bit off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so one thing I really wanted to bring you on, which is, you know, different from anyone I've had on so far is there's this big shift in, you know, strength and conditioning coaches, performers, coaches going towards more of an online coaching presence. Um, and I know you'll be able to speak more on this, but <clears throat> I'm sure it provides a lot of flexibility, right? Some more consistency with your pay. Um, you know, you're not having to work 12 to 16 hours a day, or maybe work seven days a week. Um, so let's, let's kind of talk a little bit about the future fit app, you know, how you got into this, you know, how, how your experience has been with it so far and, and what you're seeing from the profession with people kind of, you know, possibly transitioning out of those long hours and those long days. Yeah. And I, and I can only always speak from my experience. Like I know the reason why I transitioned on over to being online uh, just was for that flexibility for that. It's like you invest, I invested several years in, you know, the travel, what you like, you know, what university, what institution is ready to give me an opportunity to, you know, continue my career. And I'm going to go there. No questions asked. You know, I'm going to travel across the nation, across waters and just make it happen it's because it's what we love to do mm -hmm. you know at the end of the day it brings us that personal satisfaction to contribute to those uh to those teams and those organizations but i feel like the balance right now between personal and professional life is becoming a lot more important to people and, I, and as bad as covid was mm -hmm. i think covid did bring that on because people had a lot more time to be at home during that time mm -hmm. you know they they covid almost forced a lot of people to slow down in their lives um and it opened eyes to like, hey, this is what I was missing out on. Oh, like I, I can I can be here for this event. I can be here for this person. This is what it's like to, you know, not get home at 7.30 p.m. and be dirt tired, have to eat real quick and go to bed by 9.30 because I got to get up by 4.30. You know what I mean? Yep. And so I think when that happened, it kind of opened people's eyes to like, hey, is there a better balance? And is this what I've been missing out of my life? So for me, I know with travel, significant others, everything like that, I was always that person that was missing weddings, missing time with people and, you know, not able to really be part of, you know, my 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 family life sometimes too, honestly, you know, I'd miss out on a lot family wise. So when I saw the opportunity to where there's an organization in future that I resonate with their actual, uh, their vision and their, and what they want to do with their company. But then also they're trying to provide, and this is, this is honestly their words, their words is like, we're trying to provide the best places, the best place for coaches to operate and be, you know, we want to of course provide a great product to the world and reach those billions of people that just need access to good quality coaching. 
But at the same time, we want we know that also starts with the coaches. So we want to make sure this is an environment where coaches are happy and coaches are, you know, taken care of and able to execute their job at the highest level for the most amount of people that they can. Um, so for me, that's that's why I transitioned on the word, because you always have to have alignment with the vision. But then also just that balance. You can't get time back. You know, no. <laughs> you back, no matter how much you think you can. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit. How does so how does it work then? So like or, or like or give me give me what the difference is between like, all right, I'm in a I'm in a real life setting. Right. I'm obviously coaching in front of people. Now I'm I'm on an online app. Like, so are you doing certain obviously movements like are you are you showing how to do a squat how to do a press how to do certain things and then transitioning that over to the person that you're working with like how does it look how does it work yeah so so the app itself um it has it has all that on there so i go in i make the workouts for the person so i'll bring you through like the life cycle just really short mm -hmm. so it signs up they get a catalog of you know all some of the best coaches that we have in the nation like we have uh i think over 300 coaches at this point on the actual platform so based on their needs and what they're signing up for and what they want, it generates like, you know, coaches that would fit that, or they can look at the whole catalog. They pick you after watching your bio, they set up a call, hop on a kickoff call with them, get to know them with FaceTime and like try to make that actual connection again, because the, the feedback and the connection is, you know, just it's, it's what's going to lead the relationship and actually lead to the results. You know, sometimes even more than the programming itself, the consistency, the feedback and the relationship is going to lead there. Um, after that, I go ahead and I, uh, you know, I write the programs up based on their needs, how many days a week they need, whatever it is. I leave handy dandy little voice cues. I got a little mic that I'm not using for the thing, but it's me popping on just being like, you know, if there's a squat coming up and I know they've been struggling with something like, hey, yo, what's up, Sean? Remember, you know, want to keep those knees out as you're squatting on down, make sure that we're keeping full foot contact the entire time, blah, 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 blah. You know, so you can have that personal connection that way. Mm -hmm. And as far as the scratch that itch for the in-person they can always send form videos then i'll probably send form videos back or even just talking them through like a play-by-play -play of like hey you know you need to focus on this part you see when the bar is raising past this part it is stop making contact with your body whatever it might be you know so it's very much so all online all more message and video based there's not much of an in-person component but the connection i will say is sometimes just as just as strong if not stronger than in-person connections only because i'm messaging people it's not like i'm just seeing you for 30 minutes to an hour a day you're constantly having communication throughout the day with the individual exactly so you get to know people very well you know you get to i've i've gained some really good friends just from even my clients that i train you know what i mean like i've gone out to dinners with people i've seen people like gotten to connect in real life but um you still get that satisfaction of knowing that you are helping somebody accomplish these goals and improving their quality of life. Yeah. Cause that's the, well, everything's going to go back to social media, right? Like if you end up friending the, these individuals, like you're going to see how it's made an impact just through that or in that example, right? Hey, I'm in your, I'm, I'm in town where you are. Like, do you want to meet up and go have dinner? And it's like, you can then physically see the results or they can express to you how they felt from, the X amount of weeks or months that they spent with you and, and how that's made a difference. And you're, you're going to get that positive feedback back to you. And you're going to know that either way, like I haven't been here in person with you every single day. I have been from a virtual sense, but I'm still able to recognize what I've been able to do for you. And you've been able to give that feedback to me. And you're still kind of getting that same sense as if you were in a everyday in-person experience, they've kind of, it sounds like set up that format where 
from a variety of different angles, you're getting something similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I feel like it's, it's always weird when people get on for the first time because they don't really know what to expect. But again, that's the beauty of the product. It's paving a different way of like what coaching can be, you know, and each their own. I feel like there's, there's never, there's never going to take away from in-person coaching and in-person coaching can never take away from this. Um, but it's almost just forming its own lane of, hey, we want to make sure that as many people as possible can have access to quality coaching. Mm -hmm. Because you already know, it's not like, it's not cheap. Like coaching, yeah. getting getting a good coach, it, it it's not cheap. And so it's almost like a- You got to invest. Yeah, it's a big investment. So <clears> this can expand it to more people and as many people as possible. So I've always, I always like to ask this question too, when it, when it comes to like- you know, either online coaching or personal training, you know, a lot of times you're kind of like almost pushed to be a salesman or mm -hmm. a sales, a sales lady. Like, do you, do you feel with this new app that like you're having to sell people stuff <clears throat> or is it just, you're, you're a high quality coach and it's just, I have a conversation. Hey, you choose, you want to go with me. That's great. If you don't choose, you don't feel like we have a good connection either way. Appreciate it. But do you, do you feel like you're having to like sell yourself all the time like you're a salesperson or does it feel like the opposite it just becomes this natural conversation and whatever happens happens yeah no um <clears throat> i feel like what sells me what sells the app is making sure the product is really good like the client uh, experience if you're given a high client experience then you're selling yourself every single interaction every single workout every single day you know so at no point do i feel like i have to go outside of myself to you know oh what is the strategy to sell this person on that like people are gonna have questions but sometimes I think that that's the difference I think and this is just me being real I think sometimes coaches when they feel challenged in their idea because they view themselves as the expert you have to realize that that person doesn't know what you know so mm -hmm. if someone's asking like why do we even have to do this or what's the point of that or I saw x y and z on TikTok. like can't we do that like you know you know so it's like you can't be reactive. You got to like, again, you got to take, sit back, take like two seconds to think about what they just asked, how they asked it and think about, like you said, all right, they don't know anything. <laughs> like you got to treat them like they know zero about anything with performance, strength and conditioning, whatever. Okay. They don't really know. So now this is my opportunity to like, from a professional that knows what they're doing, explain it to them the right way, which then not only helps you, it helps them. But now they're going to be able to explain that information to somebody else the yeah. correct way and not some BS that we see on social media and TikTok and all the other garbage. Yeah. I, and I've told people that sometimes too. I'm just like, yo, send me whatever questions. Like, I don't like if you want to talk about fad diets, fad workouts, let me be your BS detective. Like, I'll, I'll shoot you straight <clears> on it. And if it's good, I might even be like, yo, hey, that's 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 pretty cool. Let's put it in the program. Or, hey, that's pretty cool. Let's talk about it. But if it's a little on the fence, then cool. Now it's my job as a professional to provide that education mm -hmm. so and i feel like sometimes those those are the times where you feel like you're trying to sell yourself when really you're just there as a professional to educate them they're not challenging you personally they're challenging the knowledge that they have access to and it's up to you to to provide that education and further their knowledge with fitness health and so on and so forth do you do you see future expanding kind of being a one-stop shop and adding dietitians or mental conditioning coaches um, as other compliments to obviously what you do, because I mean, we've seen that that plays a big role. 
You could train all you want, but if you're not eating the correct way, this part, you're only going to get X amount of results. But then ultimately, how I kind of look at it is up here is where you're making all the decisions. So you could train all you want, you could eat all you want, but if the mindset isn't in the right place to do either of these two things, then that makes it obviously really challenging to accomplish the level of goals that you want here. So is is future moving in that direction or are they just kind of focusing now on the, the personal training part and, and maybe that's something in the future that they might get towards. (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel like that's definitely been conversations that I've heard. Um, But overall, the goal is to own the space that you're in. You know what I mean? It's, it's to double down on the fitness side and be the, it's it's almost like when you're trying to stand out in the field, it's like, you know what I'm trying to, you know, I might have one or two niches that I fit into, but I'm trying to be the very, I'm trying to be the name that is attached with that thing. So I think that's where future is like they want to future is going to be synonymous with, oh, hey, you want coaching? Go to future. That 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 is that is the goal. Um, but then when it comes to the, you know, the diet, uh, the nutrition, the mental conditioning, you know, even say uh, like more athletic training side, like sports medicine, all that type of stuff. We have resources like as coaches, we all have specialty. We have resources. It's not a sometimes it's almost like you're part of a hive mind. You know, like when you get one coach, you also get access. Yeah, to you have. We know in the company and all the resources that we have within our company, which I think that's where, like, you know, that's where that kind of comes in. And now we have to stay within our our scope of practice, of course, but we can still provide higher level feedback on those things, but while still keeping the problem what it is and really focusing in on the workouts, the fitness, the habit building, so on and so forth. And it's like the name of this podcast, Roots, right? We have a whole branch of different people that we can call on at any time. And it's like, Hey, you need somebody for this. I can just call up such and such. I'll send you over. If you want to utilize their services or them, shouldn't be a problem, but like it's coming. If they already respect you, whoever you tell them is, is good in this specific field. They're probably not going to even bat an eye and ask no questions. They're like, okay, for sure. Like if there's such and such is telling me they're great. All right. I'll just call them up. And then it sounds like, we can see if we can make a connection there and, and go throughout that path and see if nutrition, mental, athletic training, whatever it is, is going to be a good fit for me going forward. Yeah. Do you, do you tend to work with, you know, since you transition out of high school or college or pro setting, do, do you work with mainly general population or are you getting a really still a good mix of different people that are mm. athletes or athletic active people kind of like, what is, what does that population group look like that you work with now? Oh man, it's, it's, it's split. It varies, but I think um, it more so I get people depending on their goals, you know, because like my specialties is going to be sports performance. It is going to be, you know, strength and power development. It is going to be, you know, some, not to your extent of nutrition, not at all. I'm not, I'm not holding a candle to Sean, but like, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, say nutritional habits and building that type of stuff, like almost just like ha- healthy habit lifestyle building. So you get, I get more people based on that than necessarily, Oh, are they a currently an athlete or whatever it is? I have everybody from, I'd say, 20-year-olds to, you know, 50, 60-year-olds that, that that I train through the app. Um, so, yeah, it's more so based on their goal and what they're coming to me for, not necessarily, hey, I'm, an, like, I'm a current athlete. Because guess what? Again, the goal of future, to bring those resources to people that don't have access to it. If you're a current athlete, most of the times, you know, especially NCAA, whatever it might be, you have access to good coaching. You know, we're trying to provide for people that access to great coaching isn't as common. Yeah. Do you, do you see this as a good 
transitionary process for strength coaches when it comes to an income standpoint. I mean, one thing I know it's really, really challenging for, for strength and conditioning coaches in the field is the disparity between pay is just all over the place, right? Yeah. You got, you have strength coaches at some levels that are an assistant making thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year, which I mean, nowadays with how much everything is going up is doesn't seem even livable. And then you got strength coaches, you know, like I think I saw Oklahoma state is making like a million dollars a year or something crazy like that. Right. So it's like, you got literally bare minimum doing the same amount of hours, same amount of work and probably more work, honestly. And then you got these other individuals that are, you know, at the top schools, SEC schools specifically, you know, we, we always can see football are the ones that get typically paid the most, or maybe some of the, the uh, basketball, baseball strength coaches are starting to kind of get to that point too. Like, one, how do we how do we close this gap? Or two, does the online coaching space become a better outlet to get income, and then you don't have to deal with the long hours, the 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 the, the high amount of stress that comes with some of those levels? Yeah, man, it's and it's it's always such a tri tricky topic because it's like for me, you're like, how do we bridge that gap? I have no idea. That is, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're honest that, though, right? You're like, I don't know. <laughs> that, that is the powers that be within those organizations that, um, and again, as bad as it sounds, sometimes I feel like uh, in the world of sports, they prey on the coach's passion for wanting to be in that world and part of those uh, part of those endeavors, part of the lives of those athletes um, to, where, to where they can get away with underpaying them because sometimes the passion, the desire outweighs the, financial need and it, it becomes it becomes a weird uh you know like the amount of places that i've been where you know i'm working I'm, 60 I'm to nine hours a week yeah yeah i'm, I'm working <laughs> crazy hours but then i also have to you know go home and be on food stamps as a as a professional you know what i mean this is earlier earlier years but it's just because you're scrapping and doing everything that you can and need to do in a competitive field to get that opportunity to coach prove that you're a great coach, continue to develop your skills, provide for these people. And I feel like that's something that can be very easy to prey on. Um, and I'm not, again, sometimes I'm not sure how the field has, I, I stopped looking at strength conditioning job boards. You know, like I don't, I don't look at that stuff as much anymore because that's not the realm I'm in, but I hope it's changing. You know, I, I hope people are recognizing more what we need to provide for people for them to have a good standard of living and still provide this product. Um, but to go on to the side of, like pay and like is it more stable um with i'm not going to talk from my experience with future yes it is more stable you know and without getting into pay structure and all that stuff um yeah you you get you get a a steady salary and then any increases based off of that is based on performance you know and they have they have systems for you know every quarter or every two quarters you're up for reviews for different opportunities and you know moving on up the chain in a way um so it really does for one, make sure you're taking care of on the base level and then just provides like, hey, the more the, the better you're doing, the more efficient you are. And the performance isn't based on here. Are you working 60 plus hours a week? It's like, are you providing an amazing client experience? And, you know, are you providing amazing client experience? Perfect. Here's more. Right. And, and, and that's all I think where a lot of places kind of the wayside is just the monetary standpoint makes a big difference. It, right. it and I'm sure this has happened to you too, right? You've had tons of people come over, pat you in the back. Hey, you're doing a great job. Hey, like you've done this, this, and this, or like, oh man, I, I we're, we're so glad to have you, right? And it's like eventually, like I know I'm doing a good job. Mm -hmm. I, I know I'm, I'm, you know, blowing it out of the water, right? 
but not increasing my pay over two or three years doesn't make me really feel like I'm very valued here. So like you can verbally say everything that you want, but I'm not seeing that you really value me. And I know everything doesn't come back down to money at the end of the day, right? And like you have to enjoy what you do. You have to be happy in the environment with you work with the staff you work with. Like there's so many other factors that, that play into that. Right. But it's like with how everything's going and how the costs are going up, like if I can't continue to keep getting monetized in a direction that just allows me to do everyday, everyday things, right. Can I pay my rent? Can I eat? <laughs> Can I do like one fun thing a week and, and enjoy myself? Right. Like, if everything in my environment is great, but I can't do those three things and my whole paycheck's going to just rent and I'm barely scratching by and paying for my food, you know, not only in, you know, in work, am I stressed outside of work? I'm stressed. And now I'm always stressed 24 yeah. <laughs> seven. So it's like, I don't care how much, how great I'm doing at work. I'm probably going to start doing terrible at work because I'm so stressed about everything outside of work that now my overall performance is going to be diminished. And now how much of a value am I really? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? And, and things just start, again, like, things just start breaking down. I mean, and before I went to Future, I remember one of my final straws at the previous place was, um, it was just, it was the first time I was working hourly in a while. And so it kind of was that same thing of, hey, the more you do, the more you get paid. So if you're trying to have a certain standard of living, you need to pay for rent. You need to have enough money to save. You, have, you, you know, you're paying for your car, all this other stuff that you have to consider. I'm like, cool. I gotta, I gotta bust my butt. I gotta go. And I remember, I think I got sick. Yeah. I think I got sick twice within like, like four to six months. And like, I normally, I'm the type of person that like, never normally, sick I, once I, a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get maybe like a head, like seasonal colds. Like, you know, when the seasons are changing, maybe get like the flu once every two years or something like that. You know, like it, it's just a normal cycle. So for me, I was just like, I'm so drawn out and I'm working 12 to 14 hour days and hustling. And then I still go home after that, after putting everything that I can, or I feel like I can into it. And people tell me I'm doing a great job. And I'm like, Oh man, like I probably can't afford, you know, this flight to go see someone like to go to so-and-so's wedding or like, Oh, I need a really nickel and dime for this and that. So it's like all the effort you're putting in, it doesn't always come back down to money, but you can't enjoy yourself. Yeah, you're never able to enjoy yourself because you're always working all the time. It's yeah. just like, and there's there's going to be that breaking point. And anyone who's listening, especially if you're a young trade conditioning coach, you have to know where your breaking point is. I agree. And, yeah. and be able to tell yourself, can I actually do this for multiple years? And if you can't realistically, then you need to start looking at external avenues to get yourself out of it. If you don't feel like you can handle that long term. Some people can, and it's great, and they love the life, and they can adapt to it. But if you don't feel like that's going to be life for you, then you need to like tell yourself that up front and know that up front. Because if not, like we always say, you're going to get burnt out, and then you're not going to know what to do. And then you're going to be in so stressed that you can't even work any other job. Yeah. And like, go ahead and like, again, talking to the young strength coaches here, or just any coach, performance coach, online, whatever it is, like set your, just set your boundaries. Or even if you want to embrace that, that hustle culture, because I feel like, Sean, both me and you have done it at some point. Like we 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 went through those those long grinds in those years of just like interning and whatever. But just just set the season it's going to be for. Mm-hmm. Maybe step it's going to be for a season of your life, and you're like, hey, if this is what I have to do, then cool. But set yourself a cutoff. Set yourself up for you know this is what I'm not going to tolerate. This is what I am willing to do because sometimes I feel like you get drawn into it. And then before you know, you blink and like, you know, three or four years have gone by and you're like, man, I'm just exhausted. 
versus preemptively planning out. I know it's going to stink. I know it's going to suck a little bit. I know this is just a season I have to go through to provide value, prove worth, and, you know, set myself up for the next thing. But set those guidelines for yourself. Don't just be part of the system. Look at it and mm-hmm. figure out where do I fit and, like, you know, where am I going with this? Yep. Look, always be looking forward, right? Be in the now, but always be looking at your path going forward and what you want to get to, right? Am I a low level assistant? I want to be the next level. I want to be a higher level assistant or I want to be an assistant director. I want to get to a director in five to 10 years. Like obviously the time frame that takes everybody's going to be different. Some people accelerate fast. Some people it takes multiple stops to get there or it just takes them a longer time to learn how to do that. But like at least have a general schematic of how that's going to look mm-hmm. rather than just going with the flow. And then, yeah, you're five years on a line. You're like, uh, I haven't made any movement anywhere. Now I'm kind of stuck here. <laughs> and then you're more miserable because you're stuck there. And you're like, why haven't I taken a move or done anything? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brandon, it was, it was great having you on today. Um, anybody that wants to talk to Brandon, um, I'm going to have his bio, his contact information. Um, again, like he's kind of said here today, he's an open book. He's willing to chat with anybody. Um, so if you want to contact him there, you can. Um, all of my bio and contact information, as always, will be at the bottom of the podcast as well. Um, anyone is obviously interested in any nutrition services, um, my fiance and I, my fiance is also a strength and conditioning coach, or you can go with Brandon. Again, you have tons of different options you can go with out here in the world. Um, but we have also lots of different services you can go with there too um, on our website. Um, and, uh, obviously all of our other podcast episodes are on Spotify, they're on Apple podcasts. Um, you know, we have, I think 15 to 16 out right now, um, have lots of tons of great guests. We have people from all different, different backgrounds in the, um, field, whether it's strength conditioning, uh, mental conditioning coaches, nutrition, my brother's going to be on here soon. He's a social worker talking about, you know, making making changes from that perspective. Even though he hasn't worked with athletes, he's going to talk about that from uh, a medical sense. You know, we've got lots of different professionals from all sorts of different levels to try to give you guys as a um, group that's listening to this podcast and experience to understand what all these professions do um, and how we work and collaborate together as one to essentially provide the athlete the best possible experience we can. Again, we can't do this living in a silo. We have to do this collaborating together, having a growth mindset and helping each other out. Brandon, again, really appreciate you. And I hope you have an awesome day. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, Sean.